1: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz.
0: This is
2: Sheila. This is Monica.
3: This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, October 5th. I'm Liz Dolan. I am in Santa Monica, California. Our sister Monica said she couldn't join today because the weather was so good in the Pacific Northwest. It was so excellent. Before in October, that she just had to be outside. So I'm sure we can all appreciate what that is like. Leon Dolan, you're joining us from uh, Pasadena, California. Uh, yes, I am. Current, current temp there. I know you've been, you've reached your boiling point. i have i'm
0: starting to understand the grapes of wrath i mean honestly (laughs) it's like a freaking dust bowl here i'm so tired of
3: it okay we got the drought we got the heat sheila dolan is that any different in uh south pasadena than pasadena
2: no it's the same heat leon uh liz but you know i am staying cool by doing a lot of swimming these days i'm just staying staying submerged
3: Okay, and uh, Julie Dolan, uh, I don't want to be flip about this, but joining us from the Ebola capital of the United States of America, you are, as always... On the front lines in Dallas, Texas. That's
1: right. Here it is. Ground zero Liz. Uh very serious conditions going on in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. So, Celia, you doing anything to stay cool? Well, your... I just, you know, I know we have a lot happening
0: today. I, everybody in America went to see Gone Girl, including three out of four satellite sisters. So we're going to talk about that. I finally went to see The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, good. Sh- Sheila has a Rite Aid report. <laughs> uh Julie has some fast facts about the Nobel Prizes. But first, Liz, <laughs> I have to say, I spotted Sheila coming out of the pool today. Oh. And I was at the Rose Bowl Aquatic Center with Sheila, uh, but she didn't know it. I was participating in the Aqua Zumba class. <laughs> oh, that, wow, so- that, that, that sounds good. Is, that is, without a doubt, the stupidest athletic uh, thing I've ever participated in. <laughs> I can't. I can't even, I don't even understand it. I I like Zumba and I like Aqua, but those two things do not match. You know, the whole point of Zumba is that it's like fast footwork. You're going left, you're going right, you're going left. It's not complicated. It's just fast. Well, you know what you can't do in a pool? Go fast left and right.
1: Can you shake your booty in the pool, Lynn? Because that's another key feature. I know. You don't
0: really have the traction, Julie, because you're in a pool. Like I thought they would make some attempt to adapt the Zumba to the aquatic setting. But no, they just went straight forward with the whole, the same stuff. I, I lasted about 17 minutes, and then I went rogue. I just started doing my own thing. And then I
3: lo- <laughs> well, they can't really see what you're doing, right? Because you're underwater. So. That's beauty, Liz.
0: Right, but uh, that's also the point. Like the teacher can't see that no one in the class can execute the moves that she's doing <laughs> okay. because she's on land and we're in the water.
2: Right? Uh-huh. So and she and she is Brazilian. She yeah. so yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, so, but I. So, did, just, did you
3: actually get to see Sheila in her two bathing suits and two bathing caps? Liz, she's unmistakable
2: because
3: she, I was
0: like <laughs> spacing out in Zumba, she and there me. I, I see the, the shrouded form of Sheila Dole emerge <laughs> from the fall. She has so many layers on. It. Like, <laughs> I mean, most of the swimmers there barely have swimsuits on. You but know, that's, they, so that was true. It is. It's like they're wearing like the smallest swimsuit they can possibly find and a cap. But not Sheila. She has like the two swimsuits, the swim shirt, the cap, the cap, the goggles, and then like the Edna Dolan towel wrapped around her. Like, I do do the mom towel at the end. I, I, I do. Swear-
2: <laughs> shuffling towards the locker room i just laughed out loud i i, I, I did a lot of butterfly today with the, all those layers on land
0: I, so it's good for you sheila because that is a sensible sport but aqua zumba i <laughs> i don't understand that's all
3: well Wow. Okay, good report. Sheila sighting. <laughs> Unexpected Sheila's sighting. Uh, all right, well, we do have to start with the biggest news story um, of the week, maybe of the year, and that would be Ebola. Uh, Julie, when I when this news started to break, I was traveling for work, and it just seemed like another Ebola story. And then I realized, no, it was Ebola in the United States, so I paid a little bit more attention. And then I realized oh my God, it's Ebola
1: in Dallas, Texas. So there you are. Right, I know. This is is a very local story for me. Okay, first of all, all my doctors are at Presbyterian Hospital. Okay, that same where the patient Duncan is. Um, this is this is where I see my doctors. Um, uh, uh,
3: see, I dismissed uh, the thread immediately when I was talking to Leah on the phone. Yeah. I was like, I saw the front door to that hospital. I saw the name of that hospital. That doesn't look like a place Julie would go.
1: No, it's a very, it's a very. And in fact, um, our my grandchildren's pediatrician. He works right across the street from Presby, as we all call it here in Dallas, okay? Uh, they, uh, there was some merger last year, and they changed it to Texas Health Center Presbyterian. But it just used to be Presby Hospital, and uh, yes, indeed. So so that part of the story, uh, you know, yes, I know this hospital. I have been to this emergency room. And then secondly... Um the apartment complex, the Ivy apartments where the um, uh, patient was I know this area well, too, because, you know, sisters, for many years I have taught English as a second language, and um, the neighborhood where this apartment is is called the Vickery Meadows Neighborhood, and this is where I did my training for um, English as a second language because this is is an area where at least uh, 50% of the people that live in these apartment complexes uh, are foreign-born. So you have a lot of you have clusters of immigrants from Somalia, from Kenya, Sudanese, uh, uh, Burmese. Is someone uh, is that (laughs) somebody unwrapping a piece of candy?
2: No, no, no. That's me. Well, I'm just, we, know, we know it's you. <laughs> I'm, sit- I'm sitting down and getting comfy. I'm okay. listening. Okay. Oh, you are good, not- good
1: to do that six minutes into the show. <laughs> you are not listening at all. And you should pay attention, Sheila,
2: okay? Julie, I am scared already. I am okay. scared. <laughs>
1: okay. That's
3: why she had to change positions.
1: <laughs> okay.
3: Okay, so, Julie, okay. So, I, so this I is know- where you did your training for your tutoring.
1: Uh, for tutoring, I know this area, so... It is, uh, I mean, it's just unfolded this week in, in such a, an incredible way. And I, and I know, um, you know, I know, you know, there's been a lot of criticism of the hospital and of the emergency room and all the things that went wrong. I mean, number one, that they failed to spot this case you know, when it came through the door. I don't know. I, You know, I was, I was upset when they seemed to be blaming it on the nurse at the beginning when the news first broke, because that seemed unfair. But you have to realize that this hospital coming in that emergency room, there would be a lot of people from Africa coming, yeah. uh, coming to that emergency room. I didn't realize this, but there are 10,000 Liberians living in northern Texas. I mean, who knew that? I mean, that's... Uh...
3: Right. I was surprised to read that, too. That's amazing.
1: Yes. So the idea that somebody, you know, who had visited Africa came in with a fever probably is not that unusual at that emergency room. Now, I mean, did things break down? Yes. And was there unnecessary exposure um, to, to others? Yes. I mean, do you realize that they didn't even tell the ambulance service? that took this patient now we all know the sort of sequence of events he went to the emergency room was sent home with antibiotics and then went back to the emergency room via ambulance when he was you know when his symptoms got much worse um, they didn't even like tell the ambulance emergency workers that this um, patient had ebola initially really? so they they were picking up other patients in That's that, incredible. In That's, that oh. ambulance before they quarantined it. I mean, so that was a big delay. There was a delay even when he came back into the emergency room to get the and they wanted to do the blood test for Ebola. That took a whole twenty four hours to get done. What? So. Uh, Yes. So there, I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, all this week we've seen lots of experts and people from the CDC talking about our protocols and our protocols on top of protocols underneath infrastructure and that this could never happen. And you realize that even in a, you know, very good hospital, things could happen. Mistakes could be made and that, you know, we could, you know, we do have a case of Ebola. This person did certainly has exposed other people to e- Ebola. And, you know, um, unfortunately this morning the report from the hospital is that his his condition has been downgraded um, to critical. So he is in very serious conditions there. And I think everyone that was exposed is now kind of waiting to see what happens. But, you know, it even got more complicated, as I'm sure you saw on the news that they didn't even clean that apartment for five days. Oh,
2: yeah, that was terrible. But
1: And you say, yes, that was terrible. Well, part of the problem was that they couldn't find a cleaning service that was willing to do it. Right. And then even when they found the cleaning service that would do it, they had to get all these special permits to um, to take all of that waste out of the apartment, and now get other special permits to dispose of that waste. Right, right. I guess I
3: just always assumed that the CDC itself has the power to do all of that. Like, the CDC just sends in their own SWAT team, and they take care of the scene. But no, they have to find independent vendors to do this stuff. Yeah. Yeah
1: and and you know part of the problem was they could not find you know uh, for the family members of this patient who have been staying in that apartment who were then put under court order because they were trying to leave the apartment and didn't want to uh, you know obey the the regulations of the CDC so they were under county order to stay in their apartment they had no place to go mm-hmm. they they had tried to relocate them to multiple housing complexes and apartments and no one would take this family and so that it was it was reported in the paper that it was someone it, it was as as the Dallas Morning News reported it was somebody from the faith community. I don't know what that exactly means, but donated a house in a a gated community um, that has not been disclosed for this family to move into. So
3: Imagine if a relative of yours had Ebola, and now he's in the hospital dying, and then you're told that you're not allowed to leave the place that you know is 100% um, contaminated with Ebola. That's That's like the county giving you a death sentence.
1: Right. Right, I know, I, and, and uh, you know, I think they, you know, the family has been very upset. They they reported this morning that they are, complained this morning that they are not receiving medical updates about the patient. But then it goes on because, again, it's all this, you know, we have protocols and we have infrastructures. But then when the, you know, when when everyone realized that school children were involved, and you know how many, there are now like seven different schools that are impacted by this. That there is a person, a, you know, a child at that school who had some kind of contact, indirect, whatever, with the patient, and for for the you know this, for the all those kids that are attending the schools, they weren't even saying which you know which student it was. So even so, you could not eliminate right. the worry. You know, Sheila, if you know if you knew it was like a third grader in Miss Ledbetter's class. Mm-hmm. Then and, and you were teaching in the sixth grade, you probably you might not worry about it, or you know or you might be able to allay some of your fears, but they weren 't able to disclose any of that information <laughs> and, and then, adding to this, the other big issue is that so many of the people in the impacted area at the schools, in this apartment complex, they speak like. They speak so many different languages right. that they had to put the bulletin out in English and Spanish and Vietnamese and Arabic and Burmese and Swahili and, and Hindi and Thai, you know, and I mean, it just, it just, it just really exposed, you know, that this protocol infrastructure that we think we have, you know, with the best medical care in the world may, you know, we got some holes in it. That's yeah. for sure, you yeah. know. So, what's your personal protocol? Have
3: you, like, what? I, have, you, have you changed anything at all in the way you operate around well, town?
1: They say that you're supposed to just wash your hands a lot. So, I, I guess I've been washing my hands a lot. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to go, I, I mean, I don't have a scheduled doctor's appointment. Right. <laughs> <Okay. yet. laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it ha- it's not like my doctor has contacted me and said, oh, you know, I know you're a patient, you don't need to worry. No, we, we, I haven't received any communication from the two or three doctors that I use out of Presbyterian Hospital. So, I don't know, I yeah. don't know. I don't know if they've been told to say something or not, you know. Um, Well, I'm
3: sure they don't want to panic people. You can understand that. I mean, not everyone is at risk.
1: Right. But it is
3: that I was watching the the CDC press conference this morning, you know, because they were on live answering questions from journalists. And a lot of the questions, as you say, they could not answer them because of issues of patient confidentiality. Right. So they can't just start handing out names and conditions and who's being watched. So, you know, we have these laws to protect the privacy of the patients. But at the same time, everyone around the community obviously wants to know, like, who is at risk? It's, that's a super challenging communications environment, never mind the actual medical challenge. Plus, doesn't I guess I, guess I also figured that once they got that guy into the hospital... They were going to be able to save, yeah.
1: save him I did yeah, too. yeah, because they have said they have brought in the best Ebola specialist in the world uh uh who is you know not necessarily on staff uh, um so but he has he has you know this morning the report was that he has been downgraded to critical conditions so uh so right. Yeah it's very uh so i don't know what i can do i mean you know i mean liz you travel so much mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. it was frustrating to me when they when they announced that this um that uh, the patient had traveled from liberia uh here that they you know they we didn't need to know the flights he was on well yes i kind of think we do need to know the flights he was on and i don't see why the cdc couldn't re- release that information i mean because
2: it, it would mean... That's like, how it spreads. That's how disease spread. We but should it know. would also
3: mean 99% of the people could say, phew, that's not the flight I was exactly, on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, Liz.
1: And so it could eliminate a lot of concern. I think what you saw at a lot of these elementary and middle schools, Sheila, this week, where they had, you know, where you know people that were on the contact list, you know, had been taken out of those schools, was just that nobody was saying anything to the parents. They didn't know whether... Right whether to send their children to school or not and you know the the school district said they did a thorough cleaning of the school. Oh uh, boy. I ha- <laughs> okay, I, I don't
3: I don't buy that.
1: I, I know see so this is what I mean. I mean or you know and that they were going to have the school nurses were going to do extra rounds. I mean I don't know. No. How, this this yeah. is not protecting us. I don't. I don't. I don't know. You know, but that's that's the thing. I don't know what we what you can do. Should you not go out in public? Should you, you know? I don't know. Other than washing your hands, the, the, those are the only instructions we've been given. Now, I, obviously, yeah. I, I had no direct contact with this patient. I'm not in the con- contact zone. I understand all of that, but it still, you know, it still does give you a great concern. I
3: also, I don't believe they're ever really going to be able to screen uh, people who have been exposed off airplanes. How would you possibly do that? You know, right. if say you're in Liberia and you realize you've been exposed and you're concerned about getting sick. What do you want to do? You want to get the heck out of there. Right. So, I mean, yes, it's wrong for that guy knowing he had been exposed to lie about it and get on a plane. That is wrong. But that's a normal human reaction in a lot of cases. And you really think the people, you know, you're changing planes at Heathrow, you're getting on in, you know, Freetown in the first place. Those people are qualified to judge who has been exposed to Ebola and who hasn't. It's just they're barely right. managing the hand right. luggage, you right. know?
0: Right, yeah. like, When you say it like that, Liz, you're right, yeah. There's just no way.
2: Well, Julie, I know you're going to keep us posted on this. <laughs> I, You know, I. this is not a funny story, but I now treat my classroom like a hospital room. I have the kids Purell going in and going out. <laughs> and... That's a good it, idea, Sheila. Even, and even in an Ebola-free environment,
3: that's probably a good <laughs> idea with third graders.
2: And I have a, uh, t- two full soap uh, stations at my classroom. So they soap and water twice a day as well because you never know. And right. soap, soap and water is the best thing you can do to protect yourself, Julie. So I uh, just wanted to add that. But in the meantime, I've been monitoring health matters closer to home, and I just want to give you girls a Rite Aid report. Oh. Um, now, a few weeks ago, I mentioned that the Rite Aid in my neighborhood went through a major facelift. So it became a discount drugstore, Um It was once a discount drugstore, and now it is a discount drugstore that sells red wine and nail polish. (laughs) And and I feel, I mean, this is very nostalgic for me because I feel like this area of reporting, as in pharmacies and, uh, you know, our beloved drug town from Uh Santa Monica, I mean, I've spent many years investigating um, what happens to drugstores? Really, what happens? And if, if, if you remember, um, Drug Town in Santa Monica, I mean, that was a source of endless entertainment for me. Yes. That's why I went in there every day. Which cappuccino maker would they try out that day? Uh, they thought they were in competition with the booming Starbucks <laughs> across the street. I mean, they sold medical um, equipment. But they thought if they could just get their cappuccino right, maybe they could compete. Um, Get some foot traffic with the cappuccino. I mean, we. The people
3: might come in for a cappuccino and buy a walker.
2: And we waited for the wind chime shipments to come in, didn't we, girls? We did. You monitored did. those
3: very closely. Mm-hmm. I
2: love
1: the sun hats, Sheila. They had an excellent selection of sun hats.
2: And it just, it just meant they would have to build a new glass case to put the wind chimes in in the middle of the first aid aisle. All right? So, um, and who can forget the fax machine at Drugtown? Very Buried under thousands of invoices in the uh, behind the bathroom in the back, right? Talk about Ebola. Did you ever see the dirt on those fax machine buttons?
3: I mean, anyway, yeah, yeah. But, but I, think, but in a way, when you look at it now, Drugtown was the leading edge of the move of all of these drugstores to sell everything plus drugs,
2: right? Well, I think. I love Drugtown, but I think we can... I mean, it definitely jumped the shark when it started um, importing Romanian jeans. Yes. Right? Yes. So that... Oh. Oh. I mean, that was the time where you really... You, you, I couldn't go in there anymore. So uh, I moved to Pasadena. I have my drug... You know, my Rite Aid, which I go in pretty much every day. I'm a gold member, so I literally get 10% off of any item I buy there. So... No, how
3: do you become a gold member? You must really be loyal.
2: I I am loyal. And, you know, Liam knows this Rite Aid. And it did have one thing going for it in the former store, which was the thrifty ice cream bar.
0: (laughs) Yes, where (laughs) only old people went.
2: And, And I always enjoyed it because they had an employee that resembled, I mean, Quasimodo, as the only way I can describe him, would be in charge of the thrifty ice cream. Okay, so the other night I'm at Rite Aid... I just want to go in. I mean, 10% off of any item. I ended up buying a windshield wiper, a giant uh, jar, not jar, a bottle of windshield wiper uh, fluid. For 199 I get 10% off. <laughs> anyway, um, they're stocking more red wine, and uh, they have the nail polish emporium uh, taking up pretty much one entire half of the store. But something new has come to Rite Aid and I just want to let you know and I'm gonna be on top of this story. At Rite Aid, at about nine o'clock in the evening, on a Thursday night, they had, yes indeed, in the nail polish bar a makeup artist. Really? Well, they had come true for you, Sheila. Dream come true. <laughs> they had a makeup artist in the nail polish bar. So uh, this is my prediction and I will be following this story. I believe Rite Aid wants to, they believe they are maybe a late night hangout in Pasadena where you could come get some red wine, right? <laughs> Pick up some nail polish, get a little thrifty, get some ice cream, get a, get a makeover and go, and, and go out on the town. Hit the right? clubs. Hit the clubs. I mean, this is, this is explosive what's happening. In South Pass, so I just wanted to keep you uh-huh. abreast of this makeup artist on a Thursday night, okay. at right, and nice. she did not look like she had any training. You know,
3: <laughs> a former pharmacist, <laughs> right?
2: No, but I've been busy this weekend. I'm still celebrating my birthday, and Liz, I got a call from Liz. I mean, this is the first time entertaining Sheila has been at an open I mean, the, in a long time. I, I. Decided to go on an opening weekend to a big major film. Liz invited me to go see Gone Girl yesterday. Wow.
3: I mean, of course, nobody in America needed an invitation. It was playing at 10,000 theaters. But I did say, let's get together and go see Gone Girl together.
2: And Liz, I mean, she's she's excellent. Of course, she's probably, you know, she's halfway across the world. And she books her tickets online for her favorite row, which is H, right, Liz? Row H,
3: yes. Row H, because row H is the one with the bar in front of it so you can put your feet up.
2: So, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we met at the theater and I, I mean, it was going to be a great, you know, girls' day out. Uh, you go- arrived
3: with my birthday present. Thank you very much. Yes. The, yes. I appreciated the, uh, there's a, and nail. And, and, and no, <laughs> more loungewear. Apparently, everyone believes I need loungewear. So uh, another nice selection of extremely slouchy, loungy clothes, which, uh, which I am going to enjoy for sure.
2: Right. So we got there, and um, I guess, I don't know about you, Liz, but when the female usher with the burgundy shirt came out to announce the film, yeah. and we heard the piercing tenor of her voice... I thought to myself, this may not be so fun, right? <laughs> I mean, did, did that thought cross your mind that her presence might have been sort of a, you know, a, a, pre, a pre- premonition? premonition
3: somehow? Yes. I, I, that did not dawn on me at the time. I, okay. was, I was, however, very happy when she stopped talking because she had a nails on a chalkboard <laughs> voice. And you the know, ones... you need to explain this
0: for people who don't live in Los Angeles. I don't know if this oh, happens in the... other parts of the country, but at many fancier movie theaters, or just in general here in L.A., yeah. someone comes and actually introduces the movie to you.
3: That's correct. So, and they, yeah. tell, they tell you what the running time is. Uh, they tell you where to validate your parking as you're leaving. They tell you if you have any issues during the movie. Anyone in a burgundy shirt can help you. Just come outside, whether it's the temperature of the theater. Theater or anything wrong with the actual screening? They do. They do a little welcome and intro,
2: right? Mm-hmm. And you just want to say, turn down the sound of your voice. Just turn it down, okay? So the movie starts. I mean, you know, I, I saw. I read the book. Everyone here has read the book. I mean, it's David Fincher, by the way. David Fincher is the director, and what I have to say about him is, I love all of his movies. Uh, I believe Panic Room, starring Jodie Foster. It's one of the strongest endorsements for doing yoga that I've ever seen in my life. Because I don't know if you remember, Jodie Foster was pregnant during that movie. And she spent the entire movie running from room to room, you know, in a scary... I mean, she was sliding. She was jumping. She was running. And her body looked fantastic, right? Yes, it did. <laughs> I never um, saw
3: that movie, but okay, good that, to that's know. That's quite your critique, Sheila. Yes.
2: <laughs> um, so we're sitting there, Liz, and why don't you explain what happened next? Well, so I would
3: guess we're like, 15 minutes into the movie, and so, you know, the thing about Gone Girl, if you read the book, and the movie is the same way, is this, the action moves very quickly, and you're getting you're getting lots of differing points of view on things. It's sort of a he-said-she-said said story. Things are starting to build. Things are kind of not making sense. You realize something is going wrong, but you don't quite know what, and so the first, you know, all of this setup, all of this sort of, you know, structure of the story has to happen in the first 15 minutes. And there are a lot of cop cars running around with lights and sirens on. So during one of these lights and sirens uh, scenes, all of a sudden, lights and sirens went off in our movie theater. Uh, And yeah, white flashing light. Unbelievable. And then this announcement saying, there is an emergency event. Please exit the theater immediately. Please move quickly to your closest exit and go outside. So, right. So it's, and it was one of those moments where at first you think it's action in the movie when the light first started going on. And then, then we just, we all got up and filed out, but it's a little bit scary because you start to think about bad things that have happened in movie theaters or this is a big movie complex in a big shopping mall. So you just think of the bad things that have happened in shopping malls and movie theaters uh, lately and you think, oh my God, something really bad is happening right now. So then we find ourselves out on the sidewalk, right, Sheila, with our fellow moviegoers.
2: Right, and it's blazing hot sunshine, just beating down on oh, us. Oh yeah, we went to a 1pm movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just, you just want to be back inside. So Liz and I, I said, let's wait in the shade. I, I didn't have any, I, I knew it was a false alarm. I can't explain how I knew that, but I knew it was. People yeah. are, your sixth sense, Sheila, that's how. <laughs> Maybe because you've done so many fire drills. At school. <laughs> yes, Julie. And, you know, it was a false alarm. So we go back up to the movie theater, and Liz, Liz, is, Liz is adamant, I am too, if that movie doesn't start again, we are going to be so mad. You know, they canceled the movie in some way, so we got and the great thing about movies in LA is um, you can say the ushers are great, but you have assigned seating, so you know you're going to get your seat. It's not as though, I mean, I said to Liz, I joked, New Yorkers, if this this went off, they'd all be staying in their seats. Because (laughs) they knew that if, if you had to leave the theater and come back, you'd never get your seat again. There's no assigned seating in New York. So we went back. We sat down in our seat. Row H, waiting for us. Yep, we were there. And there was sort of a, um, people were just sort of breaking down. I mean, pe- you know, we were waiting for the film to start. Then all of a sudden the picture came up and it was on a pause section where exactly where we had paused when the alarm went off. And then they started jumping all around. They started jumping to the the front of the, the beginning of the movie, the end of the movie, and people were just screaming at the screen. <laughs> yes. People were yelling. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, and this is again in a movie where the, uh, the like the beginning of it, it has to set up all the building blocks of the story. Right. And now you're getting them in totally scrambled order. You're getting spoilers. All of a sudden, you're halfway into the movie and you're seeing a scene. There was, a, and because everyone's read the book, they know they're not supposed to be seeing that yet. So <laughs> this scene halfway into the book comes up. Everyone in the theater starts screaming, "Stop! Stop! <laughs> turn turn the- it off!"
2: <laughs> and and then there's a, there's a um, gentleman in the row G who decided to make a lot of inappropriate uh, jokes about emergency situations, and um, he thought he was hilarious. So he just – he started riffing, and, um, you know, he thought he was on stage at some point. Yeah. And, uh, I While gave the
3: movies playing. No, this was right before they started again. Leon. Okay. Yeah. She, like out of the blue said, I feel like the people that went back up into the tower when they were told to. Oh. Can you imagine
2: saying that out loud in a crowded movie theater? Oh. Okay, so did did you speak to him, Liz, or did you, Sheila? I gasped, and then uh, the gentleman next to me said, Oh, my, he was outraged, and I gave him a lot of dirty looks. And the ladies
3: next to me also outraged. It created a huge amount of solidarity, Julie, in row H. (laughs) All of a sudden, row H, hated Ro G. We hated, hated them. The line was drawn between G and H because this guy was not shutting up and we were very uh, very loudly disapproving to each other. Uh, <laughs> and then Sheila at one point even held her water bottle over his head. He did not realize this was <laughs> <laughs> but she was about, if you said one more thing, yeah, she, gonna she bop, was going to dump her Dasani right on his ass. Yeah,
2: the $4 Dasani. So the movie finally starts again. And we're okay, but there's always this impending sense of doom. And, of course, that's what the movie's like. Yes. And, 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 and the whole afternoon was just very dramatic. It was, it was. Now, it was tr- did someone with a burgundy shirt?
1: Did they come back in and yes, calm yes. you down and say it was a false alarm and not to worry? Or were you there just? Did you just have to sort this out by yourself?
2: No, so, uh, we, we finally we finally sorted it out. We got into the story, and of course, I mean, you sisters have seen it. Um, there's a very interesting shower scene. <laughs> with with Ben Affleck and my right sisters? Yeah. I mean, can we just comment on that? Yes, Sheila. What what did you what did well, you think of that shower what, Well, we don't want to give anything away for people who haven't read the book. It's 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 an unusual shower scene in one way. But I've never seen Ben Affleck strip for the camera. I mean, never seen that side of him. <laughs> um that back side. So that was uh, you know. Uh, Well, I would say my, my total review of this movie
3: is this. I would like to issue an apology to Ben Affleck for all of the terrible things I've said about him over the years. Now he has proven that not only is he a really excellent director, Argo was one of my favorite movies of last year, but he is excellent in this movie, and he's obviously getting into Batman shape for his next movie. So good for you, Ben Affleck. You have totally pulled it
1: out. Now, do well, you, you two feel like you need to see the movie again, given
2: the circumstances of your afternoon viewing? I would say I would, I would like to see it again from start to finish. Yes, I would. And um, I just want to give props to Rosamund Pike. I mean, she, she's English. I don't know if you guys know that, but she won that role, and yes. good for her. I love her. She was absolutely perfect.
3: So, Julie, you had none of the drama in the theater. What did you actually think of the movie?
1: I think it's a good movie. I think I, I, I would strongly recommend it. It's a little different than the book, but not that. It, it has the same spirit as the book, which is a pretty dark spirit. Um, and I enjoyed the movie. And I think people who have not read the book, uh, Will enjoy it, and for me, one of my big screens is: Is this a kind of movie that I could talk my husband into going to see? And the answer is yes to that mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So he has not read the uh, he has not read the book, but I think the suspense of the movie, of the movie, um, and sort of how all the clues are played out, are, is really well done and, so, and well, very well acted.
3: Yeah, I had forgotten how, what a fascinating story that book is. Yeah. You know, there are so many surprises, so many twists, so many unexpected things. And it does have a very dark spirit driving it the whole way. So you expect it to resolve in a certain way that it doesn't. And anyway, it's, uh, I thought it was a very, very good movie. And once again, I mean, David Fincher just has the ability to keep you on the, on the edge of your seat. So I would recommend it too.
1: But I don't, I fear that it's already getting overhyped. You know? I, I agree with you, Liz. That, I mean, I know mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you know, this is the best movie of all time. No, it's a very good movie, and you should be happy with it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, we're happy because we got a free voucher to go back, didn't we, Liz? Yeah, we did. At the end, oh.
1: the burgundy
3: shirts were handing us free vouchers for our next movie and reassuring us that the gate would be up so we didn't have to pay for parking. So uh, so there you go. That's what a burgundy shirt can do for you. <laughs>
2: And and that's what L.A. is all about, free parking or not. I mean, that's what it boils down to. It's true. That
0: can really sway your opinion of any event. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Totally accessible free parking. It was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, oh. All right, well, I finally got a chance at Friday. I have been threatening, I think, like for a year and a half on the program to either listen to The Fault in Our Stars or read The Fault in Our Stars or see The Fault in Our Stars. I've been trying to get my, you know, teen son interested because it is supposed to be the book of his generation, and I didn't want him to miss out. But he has no interest in it. So finally, Friday night, I'm basically home alone, and I think, I'm just going to rent that darn movie. It's, just, <laughs> it's now on my direct TV. Here's what I can tell you. The movie is two hours and six minutes long. I cried for two hours and three minutes. Oh, <laughs> yes. oh. I cried all the way through it. I don't even know if it's a good movie or a bad movie. I know it's just a tear jerker. I just started crying, and then kept crying, and then sobbed a little, and cried some more. <laughs> then sobbed and sobbed. And then then. it's good to see
3: it in the privacy of your own home.
0: It was perfect. I was drained. I was dehydrated after the movie. Like to hydrate with some white wine. I was like, my God. <laughs> so that's my review. It, you just cry a lot. Okay. Well, why okay, well then done. I am.
3: That's playing on a lot of. Airplanes airplane. now? No oh. way I'm watching that on an airplane
0: then. No, 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 no. But uh, that's Shailene Woodley. She is a good little actress. She was good in The Descendants, and she's good in everything. She's a good actress. So she sort of saves the whole thing. She's very, um, she's just a good actress. So there you have it. Totally. So no, it's sort of
1: a Home Alone movie. Uh, yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yes. Take your <laughs> mascara off and sit on the
2: <laughs> And get into your new cozy
0: clothes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no no zippers. You're not going to need any zippers
1: <laughs> buttons for this movie. Okay. Hey sisters, you know this week, the week coming up, this is when they announce the Nobel Prize winners. You know that the, they no, announced, I did not know it, that. Yeah, well Liz, you, we got to get ready because okay, first question to you all. Do you think the satellite sisters would ever have a shot at winning? No. No. <laughs> and why do you say that Leanne? Do you know why? It's just no
0: there's so many reasons but we're in, we're not really up for any category. We haven't done any groundbreaking or historic work in physics or genetics. Yeah, the peace process
1: or literature. <laughs> okay, well here's here's the problem that w- actually we could not win because they can, w- k- although they can um, split the award among multiple winners, there can be no more than three winners at any time um, oh, any one award. Goes. You didn't know that, so nice. so with five satellite sisters were automatically out. But it does <laughs> yeah. make you think if you're on some high-powered research team. You might want to get off that team because you are never going to win a Nobel You're never going to win a prize, Nobel Prize in science. Mm, mm. Think about that. Because if you're part of a team effort, if the team is any bigger than three, you're never going to win. And then the other fact, the big fact that we have going against us, sisters, is that 94% <laughs> of all winners are men. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah that's, that's kind of a bummer. Well, so, that's
3: why if they really wanted to repair their image, naming five women at once in one category would really help.
1: Liz, Liz, actually, I was thinking... You are our only shot. <laughs> okay. in, w- right. in what category would you see
3: well, me being shot? Well,
1: This is another interesting fact about the Nobel Prizes, Liz, is that you could be nominated in multiple categories. And it is possible to win in multiple categories. Marie Curie did it. She won for both <laughs> physics and chemistry. Okay? <laughs> My, our, our hero. Our hero growing up. <laughs> she was it. She was all we had, right? Right. <laughs> I'm
3: not sure even of the five of us, Julie, that I have the most in common with Marie Curie. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> I, I want to put in a vote for Monica. She can put in an IV at least. I yeah. mean, that. <laughs>
1: Good that's point. true. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that might be possible. But I was just thinking we might want to try to multi uh, to nominate you in multiple categories and just see if something stuck. You know, that's that's
3: well, the nomination process is so bogus. I was reminded of that yesterday when they were talking about the current nominees for the Peace Prize it includes your close personal friend, Vladimir Putin, Julie. Oh, Did you yeah. know that? Oh. Yes. Well, a, a nominee I mean... this year for the Peace Prize.
1: All right isn't that he, well, he's really trying to bring people together with that peace process he has going on in the ukraine, yeah, yeah, but actually liz that's what I thought that's what I thought would be your your line into this, and here's the reason why because maybe maybe you've always figured this out, sisters, but I never did. I mean, I was like, why is it that the Nobel Prize, you know you have the King of Sweden giving the awards? And, and telling everyone about it, but they actually have this ceremony in Oslo, Norway. I was always confused about that. Were you confused about that, or did you did
0: I you ever
3: realize that?
0: I, I Well, because I had a Nobel Prize winner in my book, Elizabeth the First Wife, yes. her, her father's a Nobel Prize winner, I did a lot of research into the Nobel
1: Prizes. So it's really only the
0: Peace Prize that's given out in Oslo.
1: Right, I know, but yeah. I, it wasn't, it's always confusing, and the reason yeah. why is that Alfred Nobel... <laughs> Who who is the founder of the... He, want, he wished that there was going to be a union between Sweden and Norway. He wanted them to be one country. So, Liz, I think your only shot at a Nobel Prize is to broker a peace union, <laughs> a, a union between Sweden and Norway. Nice. If you, can, if you can bring these countries together, you can win the Nobel Prize. Well, Julie, I got to say, I think you are much more qualified to
3: do that than I am. (laughs) Yeah. You're our foreign correspondent. You are the international uh, news roundup, sister. I think you have the international insight, the geopolitical background to actually make a contribution here. So I say go for it, sister. We'll we'll back you up. We'll nominate (laughs) you next year if you work on it
1: in the coming year. Okay, I just got to learn a little Swedish and a little Norwegian. I think that might help. They're the same. They're totally
3: the same. <laughs> and you can do that by watching yeah. the original version of The Killing. You know? Yeah. And right. so it's and spl- je- plenty of that on Netflix.
2: <laughs> just, keep, just keep washing your hands until that time so you don't get sick. We need you, Julie. We need you to go. Well, it's good to be on with the sisters. You know, I'm feeling, again, very nostalgic today. Um, you know, and this week I was reminded of uh, one of my other, uh, I guess, would you say famous stories on Satellite Sisters when I was stopped by a one officer rubbish. I don't know if you remember. Let's call that a fan fave.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sheila's Encounter with Officer Rubbish is our our most requested um, classic show.
2: Well, it just so happens that the other day, Leon, when I was uh, coming from the pool, yeah. and, and one of the reasons I do shroud myself is because most of the time I'm swimming at 5:30 in the morning before work, and that's just a time when you you just you want to you want to be shrouded in darkness because it's dark out mm-hmm. and you're doing something which is really unnatural, which is swimming. At that hour. Right. No. So, but I do it because I have to, I have to do it. Or I just, what I've done is basically I've decided I want a cushion between waking up and getting to work. <laughs> I need to place something in the middle of those two activities. Cause otherwise. That's ambitious.
3: I'm, That's I, my hat's off. Otherwise I, my I'm a cat's off.
2: And when I come from swimming, I'm feeling good. So the other morning, I'm coming from swimming. I have the new Ryan Adams CD turned up on high, and I'm, I'm feeling good. I stopped at Starbucks. I have my triple latte. And I'm coming down on South Fair Oaks, Leon. You know it well. Yeah. And it's a great place to kind of open up, right? Because there's yeah. nothing around that. The lower Fair Oaks, there's there are no businesses. There's nothing happening, especially at six thirty in the morning. And the only thing in that area is your yoga place, right. and of course the new urban sweat lodge, right? <laughs> yes. So who would think there would be a speed trap? Outside the Urban Sweat Lodge. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if you were going to go to the Urban Sweat Lodge, you are not the type of person who gets up before noon, right? (laughs) I mean, no one's going to be racing to the Urban Sweat Lodge, right? (laughs) Probably true. So so I was doing about 50 in a 35-mile zone, and I got stopped.
1: Oh, Oh,
2: Sheila. uh, yeah, 630 in the morning. I just turned everything over to him. There were there were no laughs. There was no fun. I tried to you know make some chit chat. How much do you think it will be? He He said, you know, it's on the back of your ticket. You can go to traffic school. But I did not want I did not let that ruin my day. I did not let that ruin my swimmers swimmers high as they say. That's good. Yeah. So I put it in my uh, uh, glove compartment and I'll pay it when I pay it. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be that cavalier because then the price really goes up. So okay.
3: It starts doubling and doubling again very quickly.
2: Okay. All I want to say is I'm aware that's a 35 mile zone now. Okay. (laughs) Thank you very much. I mean, <laughs> learned, I think. Uh, yes, lesson learned.
3: I'm trying to think of the last time I was pulled over for something like that. It's It's been a while.
0: Yes, I never
3: get busted for it speeding. It kind
0: of freaks you out. Yeah, I, I've gotten one speeding ticket once, and you get so panicked. Like, what? Oh, my God, there must be an emergency. What's happening? Oh, it's me. I'm the <laughs> speeding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the emergency. It's
2: a, high, it's a high crime area over there by the Urban Sweat Lodge. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he was working on some other case.
3: I think maybe they're just trying to drive out the Urban Sweat Lodge clientele. You know, if they target that neighborhood just relentlessly enough over the next month or two, people will just stop going to the Urban Sweat Lodge and it will close up and go away.
2: Like every every other business in that area.
3: Words out, there's a a speed trap there. Nobody wants to open a
2: business there.
3: Um, Okay, well, uh, glad you know the new uh, speed limit, Jill. Thank you. Yeah, let's rally the Satellite Sisterhood behind this one. You know, I always feel bad when somebody who is like, like a female athlete gets voted off Dancing with the Stars really fast. Like Diana Nyack. <laughs> <laughs> like, lost, lost in the first week of Dancing with the Stars. I thought, you know, and then this year, Lolo Jones. Yes. Yeah. It's like, we have a, blo- a voting block that should be supporting some of these women, right? We are, not, we are not activating our voting block frequently enough. So I think this is a really good cause to activate our voting block a little bit. It's not going to take much for this show to, to create some buzz. So go for it, sisters. That's my, uh, that's my request for this This week. is
1: good because we ha- we're we on hiatus from Outlander League. Right. does. it's not quite the same as Claire and Jamie, but it could fill in for a while. (laughs) Do you guys have some new show that you
3: think is on the horizon that you can uh, get on board with? Well, oh, well, we have Downton Abbey coming
0: back in January. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. really just a sure. short break while we rewatch the wedding episode, 21 Con. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: right, Jewel? Right, Leanne. Uh, okay. Well, uh, there you have it for this week. Uh, anybody doing anything interesting this week? Julie, uh, stay, yeah. um,
1: stay no. clean. I will. I'm, wa- I'm going to wash my hands a lot. Yep. Sheila, uh, stay I'm, safe. I, I'm,
3: staying,
2: under, I'm staying slow. Under I'm, 35. I'm, yeah, under 35 and underwater. That, those are my goals. <laughs> Liz, are are you going
3: somewhere? I you am I'm somewhere. gonna be away all, I'm actually gonna be away for the next ten days. Uh there's a big television convention every year that is in France. So um I am headed there. So next Sunday, sisters, I, I will not be able to participate. I will be uh I will be away next Sunday, but um you know, I know. Uh, I know you can carry on, carry on without me. And then the Tuesday show. Anything uh, up your sleeve already for the Tuesday show, Leon or Julie? Well, I went to a
0: really interesting um, reading this weekend. Annabelle Gerwich who we interviewed a couple weeks ago about her book, I see you made an effort. She's so funny. She actually invited me to be um sort of a, on her panel of critics she's taking that book i see making made an effort and turning it into a one woman stage show oh, and so she wow. did a reading like in her house the other day um and uh, i was there and then invited us to critique which is so brave so i'm going to talk about that on tuesday it was a cool experience
3: oh i will enjoy listening to that from yeah. wherever i am on the yeah. planet um, all right. Well, everybody, have a good week. Remember, you can uh, be part of the Satellite Sisterhood on our Facebook group, Satellite Sisters. Anyone's invited. You can follow us on Twitter at Sat Sisters. I am at SS Liz. Leon, you are at Leanne Dolan. Hmm. Julie, are you at anywhere? Are you I, at I, anything? I, I can't
1: remember my password. <laughs> 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 I'm out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> and I. And I'm not at, I'm not at. (laughs) Sheila, last week there was a post
3: on the, uh, on our, in the Facebook group for Satellite Sisters, like, why doesn't Sheila ever come to Facebook? And, you know. Uh,
2: I, I, you know, that's a long story, but, uh,
3: uh, but. Okay, well, no time for that. Yeah. (laughs) It's totally voluntary. That's my attitude. It yes. Is, yeah. There's no law. There's no requirement. You, you do what you can. We're just happy to have you here uh, when you can make time. All right. Well, we are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget. Call your satellite sister.
0: You walk into
2: the world you make. You lose yourself, but you. You find your way, I'm gonna watch you ray, D-A. Ray,
0: D-A. Ray, Ray, We turn so slow, I know it's hard to wait.
1: Take your time, son. It's yours to take. I'm gonna watch you ray, D-A.
2: Ray, Oh, oh, ready. These rocks, they hold heat. Pools of water cool
0: your feet. As you walk, you believe. Every part of...